Welcome. Oh wait, you guys can't hear me. <laughs> I keep fucking this up. Why am I not good today? That's what I hope everybody say. All right, let's see if this works. Let's try it again. Okay. Hold on. How am I doing? <laughs> Grizzly says, just reading the title gives me a headache. Ah, oh, thanks. What's up, everybody? We got six people here in the first few seconds. Makes me feel good. Hold on, let me lower this a little bit. There. Give it a nice vibe, y'all. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Betas, everybody. My name's Anthony Resinall. I'm a social and relationship coach. I've been doing this for the past 15 plus years. I'm probably the only person that teaches relationships that uh, isn't red-pilled, uh, alt-right, or just gives like really basic platitude advice. Uh, I'm really obsessed with social skills, conversation, and having healthy relationships being yourself and uh, in a very, very nutshelled way, <laughs> just you meeting people and getting into relationships with people that you want to be in relationships with. People that you're attracted to, people that you have good chemistry with. Just that, that's all I care about. Don't care about nothing else. As long as you're being yourself and you're feeling good doing it. Oh, look, my hair's getting a little greasy. See, I have to like figure out the perfect time to wash my hair. Because if I wash my hair every day, then it like gets really puffy and it's really uncomfortable. But if I, if I wash it one day late, it gets kind of like, I don't know, greasy. And daddy'd note like. So what's up everybody? Uh, have I heard of grazzle, gravel to castle? Uh, I don't know what that is. Tell me what it is. Uh, I want to say hi to everybody once again. I got my coffee. and Oh, I had a seltzer, but I don't know where it went. That's the ADD. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Namely, our alpha of the week. Who is it? Put it in the comments. You know who it is. I won't continue this stream until somebody fucking types it in. It is Dan Bilzerian, everyone. Oh, Grizzly said it. The alpha. Oh, what a guy. Look at that smile. Look at that gorgeous body. There's nothing more masculine than what we see right here. And I congratulate him. He's very hunky. He's very sexy. That beard is constantly, it's like between him and Keemstar. Who has the better beard? Who has the, the more chiseled beard? For lack of a chiseled chin, I assume. Uh, but that's cool, right? Uh, to give yourself a bigger, more masculine chin, if you don't have one, and you don't want to get plastic surgery because that's weird, you just get a beard. No hate to people that have beards, except for Dan. So uh, we have a lot to talk about. What is wrong with Dan Bilzerian, you might ask? Well, I'll fucking tell you. 
I would say, and I was reading an article today, and I think that they they put it well, but I think I want to even take it a step further. He is what I believe to be modern day great Gatsby. What was that story about? It was about a guy that was obsessed with a woman falling in love with him and it was not happening. And so what he did is he just held all of these parties and parties and parties, uh, you know, as one, a way to kind of, you know, uh, kill the pain. And number two, a way for her to one, hopefully notice him and how amazing he is. Um, in this case, Dan doesn't have this woman. What I believe Dan is the Gatsby of, the modern day Gatsby of, is I think self-love or self-acceptance or self-esteem. Dan doesn't have a lot of self-esteem. And when you see people that are flaunting their lifestyle so, so, so much, it's okay to flaunt, obviously. That's fun. It's exciting to show your friends stuff. But when you flaunt to such a high level and have such big parties and do all of these things that like are following the rules of what masculine alpha is, it gets to a point where it's very overcompensating and, and insecure. Um, and for young people that are just, just learning about their hormones and about the dynamic between men and women or the learned dynamic between men and women, it's exciting to them. It's, it's, ooh, this is very cool. And, uh, for those young people, they see somebody like Dan and they go, wow, he has everything that everyone tells me is what I want to have. What Dan's doing is exactly that. He was the kid that goes, well, I want to have that. So let me just build a lifestyle that evokes that. Yeah, by the way, and PMSing Nun says, uh, well, I don't know who Mudbone is, but the guy that I'm actually using uh, as the body for Dan's face is actually a complete sweetheart in real life. Just like the happiest, the happiest, most positive person. There's a Vice mini doc on him. Um, you know, they wanted to see who, who was behind this meme. And he actually died a few years ago. But the truth of the matter is, is this is what represents the macho man. A big dicked, very strong guy. So anyway, uh, the biggest thing that really, really proves who Dan really is, is the fact that he pays for, and I'm not sure who knows this, but Dan pays for each and every woman to be in photos with him, to be in videos with him, to go to parties, to travel with him, 
to do everything. He pays for them to be around him. Um, and that is... Oh, oh, and further, let me just go further. He lies about it. And here, there's a, there's a TikTok here I could find. Let me just try to find it here. Bilzerian might be the king of Instagram, but his company has lost $50 million for its investors. Yeah, not this one. And Bilzerian might be the king of Instagram, but Shut his out. company has lost $50 million. There we go. Hold on. Let me find the right video. Nope. <laughs> There's so many funny fucking TikToks of him. All right. Wait, which one is it then? I think it's this one. Let's watch it. Poker made me the money that that got me famous, right? Because I got famous probably in like 2014, and then it just so kept... So by the way, just as we're going, his money, and this obviously can't be proven, 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 but there's videos that are really breaking down his life that have figured out that he basically got his money from his dad, who was a scammer um, and became a millionaire. And his millions came from his daddy. He probably made a little bit in, in poker, but he didn't make millions and millions from poker, by the way. So that's another lie. Most of his life, most of his brand is a lie. It's an illusion that he's created going up and that's when i was going crazy i basically bought everything i wanted when i was a kid all the lambos ferraris and you know all the, i got a jet and i had always had a decent amount of staff but i staffed up like five chefs i had always rented a house in la even since like 2011 I, and then i had a place in san diego too so i had a residence in vegas and then i would rent places in california and i was living like i had hundreds of millions of dollars when i had you know five ten million dollars and then you know when i had hundreds of millions of dollars living like i had billions of dollars and so i kind of always like was pressing it and i knew that i that money spent when i was younger and like having those good times when i was younger was worth a lot more than being 70 on a golf course you know maybe going on a yacht so, made me the money by the way and I, this isn't the video that i wanted to show but his business if you can call it that ignite which i don't know it sells like bullshit uh it is in incredible debt millions of dollars in debt because all of the investor money that he has he spent on vacations to take instagram photos with models that he paid for and the vacations that he paid for um and so the the business is basically going bankrupt um and so when he talks about oh i'm gonna spend more than i have because i'd rather have fun now than you know, be on a golf course when I'm older, um, which by the way, it's not very expensive to be on a golf course when you're older. But once again, another sign of his complete fakeness. Uh, but it's not the video that I'm looking for. Uh, it might be this one, but I don't want to go into one that 
No, not this one. Let's see. Oh, is it really just the first one? I don't know. We'll see. Let's let's just check it out. Dollars for its investors. And the oh, here it is. Duh. Here it is right here. Listen to this. I don't know. I uh, I just take pictures and the women are there, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's all up to interpretation. I mean, people can. What is your interpretation? Uh, that you know, I'm just I have a bunch of women hanging around. No, I. So, what he's telling Larry King, and this is this is the brand that he's created. Listen again. Uh, I just take pictures and the women are there, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's all up to interpretation. I mean, people yeah, can exactly lose. right. I just take pictures and the women are there. It's all up to interpretation. So he's purposely keeping a lot of truth out of what he said, and then he says it's all open to interpretation. What the truth is, is that he pays for women to be around him. And we'll see videos and stuff of that. But he pays for tons of them to lay on him, to be on parties, to, to do everything with him at all times. Now next, this means that he's not attracted to any of these women. And if you know what I'm talking about, put it in the chat. Attraction is something very specific. It's when you're with somebody that you like, that you have chemistry with, and you feel a pull to them. To just hire people to be around you, to hook up with you, that's just ego stuff. He's literally just having people or women around him so other people will say, you're good, Dan. You're a good person. We like you. We think you're great. It's the only reason he has women around him. Uh, so let's jump into a couple more videos here. Night was formed in this is just going to show Dan Bilzerian's Instagram following to sell CBD products. And the company went public on the Canada Stock Exchange in 2018 and raised $50 million from large and small investors. But the issue is Dan Bilzerian is being accused of spending millions of dollars that was invested in the company on personal expenses and vacations. Dan used the company's money to spend millions of dollars on vacations and would justify it by having models wear Ignite bikinis. The problem though is while the models are attractive, the posts themselves show nothing about the actual product. And this isn't new for the Blazarian family where his father, Paul Blazarian, has been convicted numerous times by the SEC for financial fraud. Adding to that, Paul Blazarian renounced his U.S. citizenship in 2019 and is not allowed back in the United States. Ignite currently has terrible financials, owing investors and lenders tens of millions of dollars, and from that, Dan Blazarian might face charges for financial fraud in the process. So I th I'm pretty sure in a video I saw, they, they speculated that the reason why his dad was giving him tons and tons of money was to basically hide it, to hide the money that he had stolen. I just love this video because, I mean, in photos, it's kind of like, um, you know, when people are make the perfect Instagram photo. In photos, he looks like the most, like, cool guy with the coolest everything. But I kind of looking at him in this video, I mean... It just, it looks 
wrong. Like this, this mold of a body and a face and a beard that he's like created for himself. It just kind of, is anyone with me on this? It looks just wrong. Like, what is this? Like, what is that? The beard just looks weird, man. Like everything just, it doesn't look right. And also like, how is this guy like two years older than me? I'm 37. He looks like he's 50. Am I wrong? Not that that's bad or anything. It's just interesting. That, that got me famous, right? Because I got famous probably in like 2014. Now, I don't want to totally discount everything that he says because he has said some things about dating that I agree with um, that nobody says, which is really interesting to me that nobody, nobody ever talks about the stuff in dating that I do. Except for this, like, little clips from Dan. Now, I'm not saying that everything Dan has ever said about dating or relationships is right. It's probably mostly wrong. But this one little thing is the right thing. Now, it's not the first thing he says, which is like, be yourself or something like that. Like be Or, or don't care about rejection. It's like... It's like the most obvious fucking advice you could ever give. It's the it's the thing after that. Don't chase. And don't be afraid of rejection. You Duh. Know, don't be afraid of rejection. My strategy in college would be every time I would see a hot girl, I'd just go no, up and this. talk to her. Um, now I realize that Here. a better strategy, if you can do it, a lot of guys don't really have their life set up to do it, is set up your life to where the girls have to come to you. And so you don't have to pursue them and when you don't have to pursue them like i said earlier you know just the dynamic is different when they're chasing you as opposed to you chasing them okay so in the comments you see pay them which is basically what he's saying right so it's coming from it's coming from a scam artist's work mouth but the concept is is novel and something that nobody else talks about uh, oh, thank you, Dan's coma, saying that I look like I'd be in my late 20s, early 30s. Okay, so what does this mean when it says, like, have it where people come to you instead of you having to always go to them? The stuff I talk about all the time. Literally create situations where people are going to meet you, come to you, and also be interested in you probably right off the bat. You know, I spent so much time working on my social skills throughout my 20s and 30s and trying to say, okay, like what is literally, I don't care about challenging myself and like winning a game and going to a bar and picking up people. Like, first of all, it's not fun for me. It's not exciting for me to like compete and try to like, oh, I'm the hottest, spit, spit the hottest game to this girl. Like, it just, that's not exciting to me. Uh, but it took me a couple of years to realize that. Um, it was kind of like alcohol. You know, everybody just drank when I was growing up. So it was just like, well, drinking is what I like doing. Until I realized like, wait, one, one time I realized like, wait, do I really even enjoy drinking more than not? 
And so I tested it out for a month and I said, all right, well, let me just try not drinking for a month and see what happens when I go out, when I party, all that stuff. If I have just as much fun or more fun, I don't need to drink anymore. If I have less fun, then I probably should be drinking, right? Uh, And so I had more fun not drinking. I had a better time not drinking. And I go, holy shit, that's great. I don't need to drink anymore. Now, I do drink sometimes. I I don't do it in social situations. I usually do it like when I'm watching a movie by myself with my girlfriend, something like that, in a relaxing way. But socially, meh, don't like it. Not enjoyable to me. I'd much rather be sober because I'm much sharper. I'm much more engaged with the person that I'm interacting with. I'm much more myself. Uh, I'm not sloppy. Uh, So the same thing with like going out to bars and stuff. I, I was in my early like my late teens, early 20s, I was convinced that, oh yeah, to like get with the girls that I wanted, like I gotta go approach women on the street and at bars and all of this stuff. And what I realized was, let me pull this up. What I realized was, I don't like it. And I thought, is this actually the most effective, efficient, easiest way to meet the people that I'm attracted to. And I realize all of those things are no. Crazy, crazy no. And I started, I always go back to my friends from high school and college because they were to me people that had like the best social skills, the most charming, the most like well-liked people without being douchebaggy and and shitty to others. Uh, Just like generally all around, like nicest, most likable, most charming people. And I would always go back to them and be like, what do they do? Hmm. Well, they only hang in groups of people that they actually like. They only hang in groups of people that share their interest. And they do it usually with through events. So they'll either throw parties, but not just any party, parties with people that they know are the type of people that they're going to like. And then they'll go to events like parties or whatever with people that they know they're going to like. And then they only hung out with those people. And then they and then they would network through those friends and make, make more friends through those people. And that's all they would do. And it was so easy for them to just date, hook up, meet great people, make great friends. And when I would look back at them, I go, wow, They always did it so easy. Meanwhile, I'm at a bar just like running around with a chicken, (laughs) running around with a chicken, (laughs) running around like a chicken with its head cut off, not enjoying the people I'm talking to, not enjoying the bar I'm in, not enjoying the people I'm with, not even enjoying my interactions with the people I'd meet. I'm like, what am I doing? Is this all just to like 
challenge, like to look cool in front of people? Is this all just to know that I like achieved something difficult? That's not even that effective. Doesn't even bring that great of a result compared to other things. And I thought, hmm, what is? What actually does all of that that I want it to do? And I realized like-minded groups. That's it. <laughs> and how do I just optimize like-minded communities? Well, the, the best, absolute best, best way is to throw parties, right? But again, don't just throw parties for anybody. Because then what happens? You're just creating another nightclub situation. Throw parties for your community. And if you don't have that community, create that community. Then when people come to your party, first of all, everyone wants to know who the host is. If they already know who the host is, that's great too. But you're the person that's leading everything. You're the person that's kind of catering to everybody, helping everybody out and making this night a great night. So when people meet you, it's exciting to them. Like, ooh, who's this person? Especially when it's like, oh, a friend of yours. So it's always like the warmest, warmest introduction. Like it's a warm introduction if you go to somebody else's event, but if somebody comes to your event, it's like the warmest of the warm. I would even dare say it's a hot introduction. Um, so <laughs> when somebody introduces their friend to you at a party that you're hosting, they're already excited to meet you. There is no better way to make new friends, to date new people than doing that. It is no, it, there's no easier way. There's no more effective, faster way, more efficient, more enjoyable way. Cause everyone you're interacting with, you know, you're going to like, cause they all have the similar personalities of the types of people that you like. So what Dan said right there makes sense, but he kind of left everyone hanging. He just said, create situations where they come to you. What does that mean, dude? And then everyone obviously knows the answer. Uh, pay them. Yeah, that's what Dan does. That's, that's his way to do it. Like, yeah, he holds parties. And it's true. I mean, like, if, I mean. Don't chase. And don't be afraid. Like, here. Here, where's the. Like little parties that he does. I don't know if I could find it. No, it's not this. Whatever. He has tons of parties. But the parties, if you... I gotta show you guys. <laughs> Hold on. 
someone who, and this goes back a little bit, has had a little bit. Yeah, fuck it. Let me just go on YouTube. What up, Eric? Okay. I've been inside some of the most incredible mansions in LA, but this 31,000 square foot behemoth in Bel Air is one of the most outrageous. That doesn't show the people. So like look this is this is the party, right? And you see the type of people here, right? These are the type of people that would go to a Dan Bilzerian party. And these are the type of people that Dan Bilzerian wants at his party. I don't want these people. I don't want Brad Castleberry. <laughs> what kind of fucking name is that? I don't want Brad Castleberry at my party. I don't want these people at my party. I don't want them anywhere near my party. And so, I'm not going to have them at my party. But Dan wants those people at his party, right? And so, when he has parties, all of those, like, you'll see, like, Machine Gun Kelly, you know, Logan Paul at the parties. I don't want to meet those people. I would fucking hate that. But there's people that want to meet those people. And that's Dan Bilzerian. That's why Dan Bilzerian has those parties. So, in that way, what he does works. You don't have to have millions of dollars to hold parties or to hold events of any type of thing. It doesn't have to be some bash. Just be some small event, 10 people, five people. Uh, but yeah, his, his real answer for him is just pay women a shit ton of money to pose in photos with him and to hook up with him, basically. Uh, and that's Dan Bilzerian. He's our alpha of the week. But let's, oh yeah, let's, hold on. There's a, there's, there's some. A lot of people, so they have porn addictions, but it's that's just. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to have like a full-blown sex addiction unless you're rich or famous or something because to get that kind of volume to where yeah. it's like really a problem. Um, like, I feel like everyone would have a sex addiction if you could fuck three girls a day. Well, I think it's also just like the amount of time you spend, like talking to the girls, text, like just, ah. you know, it's just a fucking life distraction. Like if you just had See, three- See, he makes it as though he's just meeting these people. These women are just coming to meet him in his life because they want to meet Dan Bilzerian so bad. No, he's literally putting out calls to women, to whatever ways that he's doing it, saying, I will pay for your life and I and then some, I'll pay you money to just spend time with me, take pictures with me, be intimate with me, all that shit. Uh, yeah, that's like, he, his, his entire thing is just a grift. It's a way to say, Look at this life that I have 
this illusion of a life that I've created, I mean, basically, it's, it, it's just an influencer. That's really it. What is an influencer, right? An influencer is somebody that has created an illusion of a life in order to sell you things, whether it's ads, whether it's shitty products, shitty clothes, more ads, whatever. That's what an influencer is. That's why people are like going away from the word influencer and calling themselves content creators because everybody knows what the fuck an influencer does. He is an influencer. Okay. So that is our, oh, let's show him one more time. Oh, our alpha of the week, Dan, Bill, Zarian. Thank you very much, everyone. Seal claps for that. Who's having fun here? Okay. All righty. Okay. So what I'd like to do now, guys, is I want to see who's up for a mock date. I'm going to uh, go on a quick bathroom break. And then we'll see if anybody is interested in going on a mock date. What I'm going to do is I'm gonna create a Zoom link, Zoom room. I'm gonna paste it into the chat. And then what I will do is when I come back from break, I'm going to, hold on. I'm pasting it right now, everybody. When I come back from break, we'll see if anybody wants to do mock dates. If not, we'll move on to something else. Uh, maybe we'll do one later. There's only 10 people here right now, so I don't suppose anybody would actually be interested, but we'll see. It looks like PMSing none is either clapping or wants to be in a mock date. I don't know. I think it's just clapping. Uh, but for me, I'm gonna be in the bathroom for the next minute doing God knows what, uh, and I'll be back. If you want to be on the mock date, click that link, baby.
Okay. So, uh, it looks like nobody wants to do a mock date right now, which is completely fine. Wait, I just want to make sure I know where this light is coming from so I can back it up because it's a little too bright. There. It's still a little bright, right? Hold on. here lower this here let's see how we look yeah I think that's fine right I can't really tell I don't know how to do this stuff maybe I should brighten it <laughs> I'm still figuring stuff out everybody this is the early days see you're gonna you should feel fortunate that uh you're 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 seeing the uh you're seeing how this show is kind of progressing. <laughs> um, so yeah, what we'll do is kind of jump into another topic, which is basically going into the Reddit. And, you know, I found some stuff in the Reddit that I want to talk about. By the way, and once again, I'm gonna say it all the time. Use the Reddit, everybody. Post links, post videos, post suggestions for what you want me to talk about. I'm all ears. Again, this podcast is not just me talking. I want it to be a back and forth between you and me. Uh, so. One thing that I saw was interesting. Oops, let's put it here. Was somebody, gentleman you, asked thoughts on dating in a strict religion? React to give your opinion and thoughts on rules of Jehovah's Witness dating. There are many rules that you must follow. It'd be great if you did a video reacting to them and saying if you think they are beneficial or harmful for dating. Would love to hear your thoughts on them. I personally think it's impossible to form a connection with these rules. Some of there are no sex before marriage. You could only date with the intent of getting married. Dating is only if you think you can marry this person. No dating in high school. No dating anyone who's outside of the religion. They must be a Jehovah's Witness. It sounds like you might be in high school. One quality that you must look for in a partner is spirituality. They'll never tell you to look for good personality traits or warm, warn you about toxic traits. They only teach you to look for a spiritual person. That's really the only qualification you need to be a good husband or wife. Must always have a chaperone before marriage. This is to make sure that you aren't tempted to have sex before marriage. You can't be alone in any room or going any days by yourselves. You can't be in a moving car alone either. Okay. There must be at least one person with you both at all times. The first time that you're alone is after you get married. No divorce. Uh, unless someone cheats, you're not allowed to get a divorce. Not even someone is abusive. Men are the head of the household and make all decisions for the family. Women are to be in submission to their husbands. Out outdated gender roles are very important to them. So there are some strange rules. I'm probably missing some. So if anyone... Has any, please tell me and I'll add them. I'm personally not a Jehovah's Witness, but my friend is and she told me some of the rules and she's very concerned and overwhelmed. She really needs some advice and an opinion from a dating expert. Um, hey, what's up, Alexandra? Thanks for coming. 
you are at the early days of betas. We're just growing. We just had nine viewers. Have We have nine viewers. We just had 11. Things are happening here, man. Uh, honestly, I mean, I have like a really bad, bad answer. Like, stop being a Jehovah's Witness. This sounds horrible. It's all dated stuff. It's conservative stuff. Uh, it's like sad for me to say this stuff, but just like don't do this religion anymore. This sounds horrible. What are what do you mean? Like, what is my advice for this? Either accept it, learn to love it. It's not that bad. The rules aren't that bad, right? The rules are just, you know, find someone to marry that you think is really great. That's also a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Yeah, there's got to be a chaperone, whatever. Before before marriage so it's like always it's like literally every date there's needs to be an adult there oh my god can you believe that let's see if there's any youtube videos on this Jehovah's Witness dating advice. Dating marriage and unbelievers. Huh. There's not a lot. Same guy. All right, let's let's try this. This this and this. Are you a Jehovah Witness? If so, please listen to what I've got to say. What the Just fuck? You expect me to listen to you when you I can hardly me. hear it. It's 50,000 views. I've never been a Jehovah Witness, so you have no need to shun me. Most of my quotations here are from your own magazines, and a few interspersed comments will give you an idea on how people view your own claims. If you cannot be investigated, then that must be volumes. I can hardly hear it. In the old material. Our Kingdom Ministry in January 1988 says you will find valuable information 
and the older publication. We ought to base our beliefs on the Bible alone. In your book, Reasoning from the Scriptures, you define yourself as, quote, the worldwide Christian practically bear witness regarding Jehovah God and his purpose. All right, I, I can't even deal with this. What's poppin'? It's your boy, Jay the Comedian. How y'all doing today? Oh, how am I doing? Oh, I feel great. Another beautiful day in Chicago. Anyway, today, I would like to talk to you guys about getting dating advice from Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get right to it. Anything that comes across that podium, as far as what you should or should not do in dating, you might as well just take that moment to whip out your cell phone and update your Facebook status or your Twitter status, letting everybody know that you're currently listening to some bull crap. Is he playing a because character? Because it ain't going to help you none. Tell you from experience. You're not scared of me any? First off, whatever information they give you is going to be the same information they give you for everything. That's the same answer for everything they have. If you're sitting <laughs> up, happening? oh, me and my wife are... <laughs> What is this shit, man? That there's not that many marriage partners in the organization. Yeah. So what they're going to do, what they're going to do is they're going to snag this unsuspecting person that's not one of Jehovah's Witnesses and hope to get married. And then when they're married and they decide Convert to get baptized them. now, they're not considered marrying out of the truth. The other scenario that I'm going to talk about is the individual that has been disciplined by the Jehovah's Witnesses and they are to help their and just the life, the life just changes. Alright. Back when I was a Jehovah Witness, dating was a really weird issue. You know what I mean? Like I swear, when, when you date as a Jehovah Witness, you're supposed to date with the intent of getting married. But I didn't want to get married at 17, 18, 19 years old. I just wanted to date. I like girls, you know what I'm saying? Like, I believe every other 16, 17, 18, 18-year-old 18 kid, you know? But you can do that. And, and typically, Jehovah Witnesses do get married at like a stupid, dumb, young age, you know? And 90% of the time, it's just to have sex. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> I was faking it, you know what I'm saying? I lived a great double life. I was having all the sex I wanted on the side. I didn't feel like I needed to get married, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, <laughs> I thought he but needed the only a chaperone. Is, like, all the girls was like super duper fine. It was all like super spiritual. Now, oh my God, those were the worst. I like the ones that were super spiritual in the hall, but a freak in the sheets. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but no, there was a bunch of girls that I knew. And we used to fake it together. Those ones I really liked. I would actually marry some of them. But the thing is, is that, I, you know, I didn't, nobody wants to get married that young, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, it was people we go to the hall, you know, go out field service together, and, you know, we was all cutesy wootsy at the hall, and we acted like we went on dates with chaperones. We didn't. We never did. We were supposed to. I didn't. And it was fun. Oh, wait, like, wait, you know wait. He talked about the chaperones. I, I, you know, I didn't, nobody wants to get married that young. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I mean, it was people, we go to the hall, you know, go out field service together, and, you know, we was all cutesy wootsy at the hall, and we acted like we went on dates with chaperones. We didn't. We never did. We were supposed to. And we did. And it was fun, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I got in a lot, I didn't get in trouble. Only time I got in trouble is when I was with a girl who eventually uh, got a conscience, man. You know what I'm saying? The one that's like, man, me and this girl was together for the longest, for like, I don't know, maybe almost a year. And so basically the answer is don't really do that. CSC Apostate back at it again. 
This video is being done by request. What I is request, this? Uh, I don't remember how long ago. It's been, I think, about a month. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I got a request to do a video on Jehovah's Witness marriage. Part of the reason is because I was married as a Jehovah's Witness and am now divorced. Um, and they wanted to hear what I had to say on the subject. So here goes. So when I moved up to Massachusetts and uh, I was really for the first time talking right, to God, dude. adamantly deny, I've gotten several personal messages and comments on I don't on care, my dude. Everclear. Oh, before she even met me, and so she hated me from the get-go because I'm not the same religion. She didn't know anything about me. The mommy. Yep, the mommy. That happens. So I saw him walk into the bar one night with a girl. After right. Wow. Oh. Everything. You are cold. The cocaine. The smoking. One. And he got fired from his job because he worked with his dad. Oh, what is all this crappy shit? So I thought it would be fun today to have a conversation about a very bizarre experience that huh. Here we go. some of you may be familiar with, and that <laughs> is the experience of dating as a Jehovah's Witness. So I've had some conversations lately with quite a few different people and I have definitely interacted with some people who have mentioned to me that they had a negative experience when it came to the dating scene as a Jehovah's Witness. And this is something I too can relate to. And I really thought it would be kind of fun to just take some time and examine what some of the dating advice is that could be contributing to why so many have had such a negative experience in this area. And so this video is going to be light. Hopefully we'll have a few laughs. I don't know, we'll see. So let's just take a few minutes to dive into some content here from the Watchtower organization targeted at young people up to the age of 21. And we are looking at the article, Am I Ready to Date? found in the Young People Asked on right, page 14. Dude, these and are people that don't know how to make YouTube videos. Okay. So the questions are, you regularly go out with a certain member of the opposite sex, but Watchtower's idea of an honorable purpose and it's to boost your in your life, that quality. I'm not going to go ahead and read that and get married. That can happen and that's okay familiar with the kind of problems you'll face in the test. It's similar with dating. So right off the bat, this analogy is a terrible analogy. It like, it might seem like it makes sense when you first read it, but when you take a step back, it's not really a good comparison. Dating and taking an exam, not the same thing at all. <laughs> oh, it's not about getting to know all right, whatever, man. All right. Yeah. So then you have three options. You have one, leave the religion. Uh, I, I, I get that your whole community and family and friends are part of it. Just leave it. Well, that's what I would do. But most people aren't like me. So the next answer is just accept it. In other words, it's not that bad. Number three, Jay the Comedian says, just lie. 
Act like you're going on a date while there's a chaperone, but don't do it. Have sex with the people even though they say don't. There are your options. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to get to some videos. People have been asking me for so, so, so long to make an analysis on Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson is one of my favorite people in the world. I think he is literally the most charming person alive right now out of like the billions of people in the world. Um, and his late night show that not a lot of people watched had a lot of interactions where, or had a lot of situations where the most fun part of the show were his interviews. And you know late night talk shows, the least fun sh part of the shows are the interviews. They're boring. People don't know how to interview. Craig Ferguson is a master conversationalist and a master, master improvisationalist. And uh, he's also an amazing flirt. He's super, super, super charming. And there is a video with Kate Mara where they just get super duper dirty. I've seen this one a bunch of times. Let's watch it. And I'll break it down. I know what you're thinking. You're like, Craig, have you gone nuts? You're making gang symbols at the producer. I'm like, <laughs> and I was. <laughs> My next guest is an Iron Man 2, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, small dogs are very excited about this movie. <laughs> small dogs all over America are going, <laughs> yeah, that's Iron Man 2. <laughs> It's in theaters on Friday. Take a look at this. Hi. Hi. And you are? Marshall. Irish. Pleased like to it. meet you, Tony. Please welcome the lovely Kate Mara, everybody. Kate Mara. By the way, before he even... Let's, let's start here. Please welcome the lovely Kate Mara, everybody, Kate Mara. Uh, this doesn't happen all the time with interviews. He always meets the person, and usually the woman, as they are walking out. He hugs and kisses. Says something to them, and usually walks them up the stairs. He was gonna do that with Kate Mara, because he does it with every single woman, but Kate went to go say hi to Jeff. Next thing he does is he compliments her somehow. Uh, you're looking marvelous this evening. And then he'll compliment like something about her look, something like that. This, I mean, these are small, obvious things, but a lot of people don't really do this. And the reasons that he does this is because, first of all, he's setting the stage for what the interview is going to be about. If you notice, what he does at the beginning of interviews is he's always setting the stage for how he wants this interaction to go. Hi, Hi. Hi Kate. How have you been? Want to know something great? Yeah, I do, actually. 
all automatically he does, hi Kate, how you been? So automatically right there, he's setting the stage for this is gonna be playful. We're gonna do little role plays together. Uh, before they even start the interview, that's how he starts it. He's not thinking about this stuff. This is years and years of practice, years of improv. Uh, but when you know how to play with people, it's unconscious. But he's going, this is going to be fun. This is not going to be a regular interview. And when you see him tear up the card, that's the physical representation of that. This is not a regular interview. The clip you saw? Yeah. It's the only part of the entire movie that I'm in. Really? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Have you seen it before? Nope. It was awesome. I mean, I sort of feel like it was Oscar worthy, dare I say. I think so. I think so. When I saw it, I thought, whoa. I mean, there's only one other actor that could have done that. Morgan Freeman. Did you guys make out yet? No, no. We're, I think we're going to make out later. I saw some. So what would, a, what would most late night hosts say they go oh no that's all right no you're you're in it and your role is so great you know they'll be doing that whole thing which everybody knows is fake it's nice to say yeah but like nobody that's not a best friend dynamic a best friend dynamic is when you cut the bullshit now that's not to say you don't compliment the person and make them feel good but you don't overcompensate you don't overdo it where it, it's it's goes to a fake level so instead he goes improv he goes you know who the only other person that would do it morgan freeman so he's already creating this playful dynamic where they're gonna now i don't know let's see what they do mystery in her eyes or it might have been disgust in morgan freeman's eyes it may have been that it was kind of making me jealous so i guess Why? he was in the well you just kept talking about the lip gloss and wanting to make out with him you never mentioned me once <laughs> Yeah, because it's ridiculous if I... Oh, yes. Well, see, I... I so, basically, C Kate likely knows what Craig's all about. Most people that go on his show know what he's all about. They know, he, they know that he's very flirty. So, what she's doing is she's going in there going, I'm going to play into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're... Yeah, you drink out of that. Yeah, cup. that's right. Daddy needs a little, little moisture. Yeah, I can't believe you still have that cup. Had... So right now, all they're going to be doing for a long time is double entendres, sexual innuendos. This is a great way to flirt. It's a great way to make things sexual without being creepy. Um, and, I mean, yes, you drink that, whatever. And he goes, yes, daddy needs a little moisture. It's all just crazy, weird sexual innuendos, but this is what people love to do back and forth with each other. Last time you were here, right? Yeah, it's a long time. Oh, it's yeah, weird. so I've used the same cup for a long time. <laughs> oh, well, look at me. Oh, look at grandpa. He doesn't get new cups. Like, all the kids are using different cups now. I don't think Morgan Freeman will have a snake cup at his house. Oh, really? Maybe he already has one. Maybe he got given one as a gift by one of his friends. <laughs> so see, there's no plan for this interview. Every, every, every interview has a plan. It has questions planned. It has, what are you going to talk about? He does none of that. Give me a snake cup. I'll give you a snake cup, Please? young lady. Yeah. Oh, okay. So another sexual innuendo. She goes, can you get me a snake cup? And then he goes, I'll give you a snake cup, young lady. Another sexual innuendo. Uh, which again, 
these are all fine because the great thing about sexual innuendos and double entendres is that if anybody, you know, playfully goes, ew, you're so dirty. Oh my God. You could always just take it back and go, what are you talking about? I was just talking about getting you a snake cup. You're the one that has the dirty mind. Um, now, of course, I don't want you to overdo these things or it will come off annoying. It will come off creepy. Dirty man. Dirty Craig. Well, I, dirty I, I Craig. I am not dirty. I said I'd give you a snake cup <laughs> and you will receive one and you exactly. will enjoy it. So then he takes back the sexual innuendo and then he brings it right back. Bet I will. You would. Bet I would. You would. <laughs> How have you been? What have you been up to since I saw you last? Been pretty so what that <laughs> is uh, him knowing that he's married and he can't really pursue this relationship and he has to change the subject. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah, making huge movies, but lots of scenes. Yeah, really yeah, no, movies. it's awesome that you're in that movie. You really scared Robert Downey Jr. there, yeah. I think I stole the scene from those boys, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Favreau, that loser. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know, yeah. Mm. A lot of pressure being in that much of, of that movie as well. Well, I mean, that's not all you were doing. Surely the months that you weren't working on that scene, you were doing other things yeah, as well. Yeah, I was doing a few other things, What yeah. did you do then? What have you been up to? I did a couple other movies, <laughs> one, one scene and a couple other, no, I was doing, um, well, I just finished a really, really fun film in Utah. Have you ever been to Utah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you not like Utah? I loved it. I got a snake cup when I was in Utah. Is that where you got that? No, this is from New Mexico. I'm talking about a different kind of snake cup. I got one of them in Utah. Is that the one? It's another sexual innuendo. She's going to say, is that the one you're going to give me? And give me later? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> You'll like it. I bet I will. Yeah, yeah. So what did you do in Utah? Um, Skiing? Uh, no, no. Uh, so notice when, when they do get into a sexual thing, they immediately cut it to normal conversation again. This is a great way to build tension because as they're bringing up the sexual stuff, it's building, it's bubbling, it's bubbling, and you cut it off and you go to something else. That keeps that thing hanging there in the back of their minds. If you keep pursuing it, it pops it too early. Danny Boyle's new movie, and we were hiking the whole time, so it was actually really hot. It it's a hiking movie? Yeah, it is, actually. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. When's that come out? <laughs> oh, they go over there, slowly. No, no, but seriously, it's, it's actually kind of fascinating. It's about the guy who... So another thing is, he's, he's making fun of the movie, uh, but once again... Most people would see this and they would go, oh, he's insulting her. He's lowering her value to raise his value, which is not what he's doing whatsoever. In fact, if he was trying to do that, she would feel, uh, put a guard up. She would feel insecure. She would go, he's judging me negatively. I'm not going to let out my real side anymore. What he's doing is he's engaging with this best friend dynamic. Your best friend would tease you about the movie that you're in knowing well by both of you that you're just joking and you truly, truly are interested and really care about this person's success. Cut off his own. He um, was here, Aaron Ralston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was here. I talked to him. I play the arm. <laughs> That's a nice dress, isn't it? Look at you over your shoulders. 
You like those? Yeah, your shoulders? Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> Do you ever wear shoulder pads? So, the way that he just changed the subject there, he's just literally focusing on whatever he wants to focus on. He could change the subject whenever he wants because this is not a planned conversation. Now watch his assumptive question that I've you know, taught in these streams before. He says, uh, you know, I love your shoulders, whatever. Did you ever wear shoulder something pads? Like, let's see. That's a nice dress, isn't it? Look at you over your shoulders. You like those? Yeah, your shoulders? Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> Do you ever wear shoulder pads? Sumptive question, if you guys haven't been here before, is just a conversational tool to get somebody expressing themselves in a fun way. You assume something about them uh, that is quite often unlikely. Uh, this enables them to express themselves and clarify uh, their truth. So you ever wear shoulder pads? It could be a yes, it could be a no, and it could be a, well, maybe, kind of, let me explain. This is why um, assumptive questions are great, and it helps the conversation just move along real easily. Just shoulder pads? <laughs> I like to do the shoulder pads and heels and then nothing else as well. So it's oh, yeah? <laughs> That's, uh, it's all right, isn't it? <laughs> so basically what she did is she gave him a layup. Something so, 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 so easy for him to express his attraction to her. Uh, it was so, so easy. It was so blatant. And he knew that. And so what he did is he pulled back a little bit. Uh, this is just fun. It's all building tension back and forth. We're, we're, we're expressing attraction a little bit here. We're taking it down a little bit. We're, we're changing subjects. Uh, we have the opportunity to move forward, but we pull back a teensy, teensy bit. It's, it's all fun between them. This, this, is, this is literally, it's, it's conversational foreplay. Uh, That's actually called a snake cup. <laughs> Shoulder pads and heels and nothing else. That's what you call a snake cup. No, I call a snake cup something different. So do I. Yeah, yeah. Tell you about so it you later. were in Utah yeah. hiking mm -hmm. for the hiking movie. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was then... fun. It was it was hard though because we were in the middle of nowhere and um and there's a lot of drinking laws in Utah which I'm sure you know all about. Well, I don't drink anymore, so it doesn't really bother me. I can go anywhere. True. Except maybe Dublin. <laughs> Then the law works against me the other way. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not drinking. Quick, get him in jail. <laughs> Are know. you a big drinker? Are you an alcoholic? No. So what he did is another assumptive question using threading. So they're expressing themselves. They're expressing themselves. And then anything that they have said in the past minute, he could pick one of the multitude of things that they've talked about, his favorite thing, and then ask an assumptive question about it or express himself about it. And what he wanted to do is ask an assumptive question about drinking. Oh. <laughs> Not an alcoholic, yeah. Drugs, you drugs, you do a lot of drugs? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty messed up right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all right. Helps you should you. see what I'm like when I'm not messed up. Yeah, I would be okay with that. Yeah. So now what they're doing is they're kind of doing this soul gazing, very, very um, strong eye contact, unwavering. This is what builds even more sexual tension between them. What else do you want to talk about? Ever been fishing? That's another uh, tension breaker. 
So instead of continuing it, continuing it and popping it prematurely, he changes the subject. So the tension is kind of just hanging on a thread. You never go fishing? That depends on what you mean by fishing. No, actually fishing. In Utah, there's fishing. You could go fishing. Have you been? No, but you could. I have no desire to go fishing in Utah. Well, what do you want to do when you're in Utah then? Hike with men who cut off their own arms. Yeah, it's all, you know, fun until someone loses an arm, though. Yeah, but then you get a movie made about you. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think, to be fair, though, he'd prefer no movie and keep his arm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, I have to say, when he was here, I remember him saying that. He said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. He really did. Yeah. I was like, that's the face I did when he said it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, no. But he said, because my life has changed and it's gotten better. Huh. Well, would you rather have both your arms or lose an arm and get a movie made about yourself? Well, see, that's the question I always ask myself. I, <laughs> I ponder it as well. Well, what would you prefer? I prefer to have both my arms and have a movie made about myself. But what's the movie going to be about? Some chick with two arms? Who cares about that? It'll be about some chick with a snake cup. Yeah, but that's not the type of movie you want people to see. <laughs> or is it? I uh, don't know. I find it very difficult to talk to you. <laughs> is it the shoulder? No, it's not the shoulder. Well, the shoulder's part of it. What's the other part? All the other parts. <laughs> Blushing a little bit. Yeah, he's making her blush right now, and... I find it very difficult to talk to you is just it's it's basically just another way of saying I find you very attractive uh, but again in a way that is building sexual tension because he's not being completely direct um, and that kind of innuendo is exciting because it's all under the surface and it's not out blatant um, explicit once again, it's foreplay. What is foreplay? Foreplay is just a way to build tension before actually doing something. No, you're not. Blushing on me. No, 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 you're not. No. How do you know I'm not? Because I know you and you don't blush easy. You do that with your chin. <laughs> All right, what else have you been doing then when you weren't in Utah? What were you on your... Were you in uh, Arizona? Uh, no. Lucky you. I was in Wales. You were in Wales? In Wales, yeah. What were you doing in Wales? I was doing a movie there, and um, and it was it was fun. We were riding horses, and and. Uh, Sounds like a good movie. <laughs> do you like horses? Can't get enough of them. Really? I do like horses, actually. I have a horse. You do? Yeah, his name's Duncan. Okay, so what he's doing right here is he's expressing himself. Uh, this is something that interviewers and most people just don't do. Uh, she goes, do you like horses? He says, can't get enough of them. That would be it for most people. But then he goes, oh, I actually do have a horse. His name's Duncan. And he's going to go into expressing himself in a unique way. Watch. Duncan. Yeah. I love Dunkin' Donuts coffee. No, no, he's not. He's not, he's not a donut horse. He's a oh. regular, yeah, he's a horse. Okay. He's not here. If you're looking for him, he's not here tonight. I thought he would be here. No, he's, he, he was going to be here, but he had something else to do. Are you a good um, horseback rider? Bareback, uh, pretty much. I'm so, because he is so good at assumptive questions, 
it prompted Kate to do the same thing to him. Are you a good horseback rider? I'm good at riding on the back of men's horses. <laughs> I didn't actually mean for that to be dirty. It just came out that way. So sorry. No, you did mean it to be dirty. <laughs> And that's okay. I'm feeling feisty because I'm extremely messed up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for you. What is in that cup? Something. Juice. Oh. What? It's water. <laughs> Here, you can have a drink of it. Good. Put your hand in the snake and then drink up. This is the side you drink out of, right? That's the side I drink out of. Mm. You can have another drink if you want. You She wouldn't be comfortable to spit the drink back in to the cup if it was somebody else. But because he's created such uh, a friendly, kind of comfortable, you know, no judgment vibe between them, she knew that he wouldn't judge him about that. I just because, because now it's like you and I have kissed before you even have the chance to kiss Morgan Freeman. Only if I drank out of it, then would we have kissed. Drink out of it. Just do it. You gotta do that side. Yeah, there you go. So it was a perfect ending to the interview and yeah that was the like the height of all the tension kind of erupting at the end is i mean it's the furthest they could possibly go on you know on network tv uh for an audience uh yeah so great interview this is you know a textbook example of you know flirting and getting sexual and building that tension um, and conversation and expressing yourself and asking questions well and improv and threading and moving from topic to topic and, you know, uh, uh, you know, sometimes doing so smoothly, sometimes abruptly, but doing so for effect, not in an awkward way. He's a master. He's the most charming person alive. Uh, he's a master improvisationalist. Uh, he's a master flirt. But the thing is, is like not just his... Uh, interviews with women are like this. He does the exact same thing with men when they're on interviews. Uh, and it just shows it's, he's not, he's not just some, you know, uh, sex crazed lunatic that's just horny over women. I mean, he's, he's doing the same exact thing with men. Um, forgive the canker sore, everybody. It's kind of gross to look at, but it's healing up. It's a lot better. Um, yeah, if anybody wants, we'll do more Craig Ferguson interviews in the future. You know, like I said, I've watched hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of him. Um, probably more than anyone has ever watched. Um, it's just I've never made a video about him just because I don't really think anybody would care to watch it. But I'll, I'll make this as a highlight um, on the Betas podcast highlight. And uh, yeah, that's Craig Ferguson. I love him. He's an amazing person. Uh I think I saw him live once. Yeah, I think I did. I saw him live once in Marstown, New Jersey with my mom, I think. It was really fun. Um, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I think I'd like to move to question and answers. If anybody wants to, once again, 
Uh, I don't think anybody has done it in a while, but if anybody would like to do a little Q&A. Boom. Yep, Dan's coma. He treats them all like best friends while expressing his attraction. It's, I mean, I say it a million times and it's so, so, so simple. It's, it's nothing mind blowing, but nobody does it because everybody is so obsessed with this man to woman dynamic of having to like act masculine, them asking, acting feminine, being dominant, like all of this stuff that is not going to accomplish anything. Uh, yeah. So if anybody wants to ask me a question, jump in now. Uh, if not, I'll go to a couple more things and then we'll, uh, we'll finish up for the night. So, time for me to take a quick bathroom break. back uh it looks like nobody jumped in the q and a and that's okay so what we're gonna do now everybody is look at a couple more fun things somebody posted like alex trebek owns jeopardy contestant like all right susan cole is from Bowie, maryland and her favorite type of music is something I've never heard of, but it doesn't sound like fun. I think it's very fun. It's called Nerdcore Hip Hop. It's Nerdcore Hip Hop. hop. Yes. Um, it's uh, people who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners, <laughs> you know. It's really catchy and fun. Losers, in other words. Well, <laughs> oh, he's amazing. All right, well, you know what we gotta watch. In 1814, this... Sup, MCCM? Hey, yo, what's up, Joe Korea? I'm laying down some beats on my MIDI keyboard. Oh, yeah. I want everybody to put your hands together now. Bringing my man Easy Mac. So far, it's horrible. Oh, wow. Girls get cracking. Okay. No. 
people that listen to rap this is actually what they should be listening to because the lyrics in rap have nothing to do with those people's lifestyles Out, I'm like a little Mac with a quick hand. Punch out. We can get a motherfucking brawl. Walking at the pub G'd up like we have it all. Battle to the Royale every single fortnight. While you're playing Fortnite and every little fortnight. Oh yeah, that's how it's gonna be now. Mortal Kombat. Every yeah, be calling me your piranha plant. Bro, bars colder than a bag of ice. You ain't got a weapon. Need to go and get I'm gonna bring it in the chopper. Sounding like Biggie. Who shot ya? Hey. I'm looking at the skills and the kind of booty. I'm gonna take them all down like it's Call of Duty. Youngest on the track, but... I think that's really it for that. <laughs> and then someone posted a video. Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel. If you're new here, I'm Courtney Ryan. For some woman named Courtney Ryan who posts a video about how to be more interesting and let's watch it. Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel. If you're new here, I'm Courtney Ryan, and today I'm gonna to be talking about how to be more interesting. Have you ever met someone or you read about somebody and you just walk away from the conversation or from whatever you were reading and you think, wow, that person is really interesting. I know I definitely have, and it really made me think about my life and if I seem that way to people. Not only though nope. about the way that you come across to other people, but also, is my life interesting? So as I was kind of thinking about that, I thought, what can I do to make my life more exciting, more interesting, more enjoyable. And I feel like this is something that a lot of us deal with. So instead of just existing, feeling like you are very lame or boring, I know sometimes, you know, resting and being boring is okay, but you don't want your entire life to be that way. All so right, come on, really get thinking on about with the it. things that you can do and implement into your own life. People don't know you YouTube videos. Like, I'm sorry to rant, but like, oh, do people get YouTube anymore? Like, Mr. B says it well. Just immediately do exactly what's in your title and thumbnail. It's already been a minute and she's just, it's just introduction. to the surface. Come Point on. number one is insatiable curiosity. That so was a minute. A curiosity that is unable to be satisfied. Being curious shows- See these, oh man. This is gonna be one of those like platitude videos. And this is, I mean, I can't blame her. Like this is what everybody talks about. It's just boring stuff. Be curious. Is, is everyone not curious? Everyone's fucking curious interested and willing to learn and hear other people's perspectives everybody which is other people will then view as interesting to be interesting you have to be interested you can really learn a lot by being open-minded and curious and if you think about it have you ever been a 
I mean, it's it's an obvious, obvious rule. Of course. Someone who is a Mr. Know-it-all or a Mrs. Know-it-all, they act like they know anything and everything. They're never willing to hear any other opinions or thoughts. Dan said, I should implement a story time to the podcast. Like maybe viewers come on and tell a story where you can give pointers or feedback. Of course, I think that's a great idea. And I had idea, I had an idea about that. But uh, I just thought I'm getting started. Let's just, you know, warm up this podcast a little bit. But yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm going to think about ways to implement that. If you want to use the Reddit to, the Reddit is in the description, to like give me ideas on how to do that, that would be great. Also, if anybody has any stories, let me know because it's their way or the highway. People like that are incredibly unenjoyable to be around, to be totally frank, and uninteresting. There's nothing interesting about being closed-minded and unwilling to hear what other people have to say, so keep that in mind. Okay. People who are genuinely curious ask okay. people questions. People who are not yeah. interesting don't bring anything to a conversation or ask any questions, okay. therefore they rely yeah. on... And I know I mentioned earlier to listener good questions and good conversations stem from genuine curiosity so this could be literally anything so learning i think most people learn have passions so to learn a skill is kind of redundant again what's next cultural immersion travel traveling costs a lot of money i mean cultural immersion i mean again be somebody that loves life what's next from maybe it's the same thing finding interests and passions uh, teller have you ever been listening to someone i don't agree i don't think being a good storyteller is a way to be more interesting maybe it is to be more interesting but not to be more charming or attractive is to work on that too number six i have don't be lazy and i know that might sound a little oh my god what's next well read and so read okay Making me do a lot of work to be more interesting. Four, and I also posted a green. All right. And now I know all the comments are going to be, oh my God, great tips. So, so interesting. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's just boring stuff. All right. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, once again, everybody. You know, jump into the Reddit whenever you want. Um, you know, big ups to OK Big, Access Least, Dance and Dominate, uh, Caddy555, Fluffy Baker, uh, One Direction Life, <laughs> Gentleman You, Late Psychology. Thank you so much for posting in the Reddit. I'll always be listening. I'll always be using stuff. Uh, yeah, that's it for tonight. We're going to end early because there's no mock dates or questions uh, that anybody wants to ask. What else you want me to say? If anybody wants to talk to me in the chat, feel free. You have your time. Otherwise, I'll be getting out of here and I'm going to finish a first date episode. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys what I'm working on here with first date. It's gonna I think I'll release it probably. Uh, hey, maybe I'll release it tomorrow. Actually, 
either tomorrow or like Monday. show you how could I show you here I'm gonna do a, a window capture yeah first date is on a separate channel everybody it used to be on my main channel but I have changed it for the fact that well it was just kind of killing the algorithm for my other videos. So, here we are. Um, I wanna make sure the sound is there too. And, uh, yeah. Oh, Friday the 13th retracted a, a message. What did you say? I didn't even see. Oh, I'm going to post it right now. Uh, let's see. Hold on one second. Um, let's see, let's go into it. It's all new guys, all new stuff. Oh, who's this? Leslie, I saved this. What's up, PSing Nun? So here it is. New channel for first date. As you can see, there's like hardly any views. I don't think one has reached even a thousand views yet. Um, but it's building. All right, here's the link for um, First Date Channel, Dan's. Um, yeah, if, if none wants to, or Friday the 13th wants to uh, you know, get in Zoom or PMS, wants to get in the Zoom, let me know. Or I'm going to jump off after I show this video. But uh, I'm just going to show you the first few seconds, if, if you guys haven't seen it yet, of first date. Here we go. I'm putting two people on a date in a bathtub to see if it helps them have better chemistry with each other. There's like a 10% chance this could be my beginning into porn. <laughs> I got them frozen two bubble bath soap, a loofah, shampoo, conditioner, and even bath bombs. Why am I doing this, you might ask? For science, sir. So let's see how this date goes. Hi. Hello, hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I'm Sarah. Sarah, I'm Caitlin. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Little... Yeah, let's oh, go. Yeah. Let's do it. Like unbuttoned. Yeah. Let's go. So you've done this before? Yeah, 
Sorry, here's the thumbnail. I forgot to unmute it. Thumbnail for the next first date episode. I might put it out tomorrow morning. I might put it out on Monday. Uh, I think it's pretty fun. I'm working on my thumbnail game. Oh, Alexandra, I didn't know this is your first time. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah! All notifications active for the next stream. So I'm going to be here on Mondays and Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I think that's going to be a nice schedule for now. As, you know, I'd like to do it three times a week, too. Um, as it, you know, starts growing, as there's more content to do, um, as there's more ideas for me to put out, I'd love to do this more often. But, uh, yeah. Let me know what you think of the uh, thumbnail, everybody. And I am piecing for the night. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate everybody here. I had a lot of fun. I have fun even if there's five people in the room. I am blown away that there could be five people that just want to watch me for several hours at a time nonstop. That kind of is crazy to me. Um, so the fact that there's 10 people here